Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle, Quarantine Edition. Um, today our special guest is Tenet Sandemani, who is an amazing, amazing photographer and is currently in film school and is just a great visionary. Um, so yeah, Tenet, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? So, hi guys, I'm not going to repeat my name because I sometimes have the tendency to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm 21 years old, I go to Brooklyn College, um, I'm a film student there, I'm majoring in film production. Um, I got into filmmaking, ironically, through an app on my iPad back in 2013, so my best friend, Nini, she just had this app, she was like, oh, download it, it's called Video Star, whatever, and you can make, like, short little, like, music videos, like, this was before TikTok was a thing, this was, like, before Vine, um, and it was cute, you know, and then somehow I accidentally downloaded iMovie on my iPad, and then we would spend... I would take my iPad to school, and her and I would spend our lunch periods, like, making trailers with the rest of our friends and stuff, really corny trailers, and then I took over my high school news, and then on to now, I've been obsessed with filmmaking and being behind the camera, and it's now, like, one of my passions, and I hope to eventually pursue a career in directing, I think it's insane like hearing you bring it back to like 2013 because me and you you know we went to high school together and I think I remember you I think I remember you in the news were you like in the penguin news is it what that was yeah, called the penguin report, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember the penguin report Mr. Udinga's office so I think it's like crazy how how it comes like full circle and with the iMovie and stuff like that. What did um, what was it about like filmmaking or just the process of like, even if it's something as small as iMovie, like what was it about that process that 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 enthralled you that brought you into it? Like was it the creativity? What was it that made you like fall in love with it? I would say the creativity. Like there's just. A- feeling I get when I'm editing for example and I edit like my stuff to the beat like that's like a great feeling that I'm like damn I'm doing the right thing or like when I'm shooting and me and the model like our chemistry is flowing and I'm getting like great shots that's a, that's another feeling like I like it's like every time I'm like pursuing my craft is I feel elevated feelings of my dopamine like I can really feel it like I'm like, yo, like, this is really, this is really something I'm passionate about and something I have to continue, like, putting my all to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think that's passion at its best. Like, when you know, it's like a natural high that very few people understand. Like, there's, I don't think, I was telling somebody the other day, like, there's no drug, like, purpose and no drug, like, passion at all. Yes. So how do you... I have so many questions for you just because I really like even though I'm not the I'm not I'm like a hobby photographer like I'll take pictures just to take pictures but I when I see your pictures one thing that always stands out is like your color scheme like I don't even have words for it but it's like you'll you'll have a model in pink but like you don't overdo it like it's not like just everybody's wearing pink but it's just in such a subtle way so what do you look for when you take a good picture like what does a perfect shot look like to you so for one I'm flattered that you pointed that out because for example like with clothing and stuff I'm I'm starting to get better 
uh, what I want models to wear, but for the most part, I'm like, wear whatever you feel comfortable in, as long as it's this color, like, it's really hard for me to, like, pick out outfits, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting better, I'm getting better, but for a good picture or a good shot in general, I like symmetry, like, I'm big on symmetry, like, them being in the middle, or, like, it looking like the background looking three-dimensional and just framing the subject is really something that I really strive myself to achieve in every shot. Yeah, I've noticed that does translate well in your pictures. And I do think that I've seen the evolution of it where it's like, I remember like it was just like you taking pictures of your friends, which I think everybody has to like kind of, I think the best way to, to become a good photographer is just taking pictures. But then I started seeing like more intentful picture, like not like it didn't feel like people were posing or that like you were trying to. Yeah, like, you took your time, like it's more of a planned project. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think... And then I saw it kind of, like, translate into your, like, mini films and mini videos that you would put on Instagram. And it's like... Well, my first question would probably be to you, like, how did it go from... I know you were doing, like, iMovies and, um like, newscasting for repertory, but how how did you know, like, it was... You preferred to do film versus photography, or did you feel like you had to kind of learn and conquer photography in order to get into, like, videography? Well, um, so filmmaking was my first passion. So my dad was like, you know, because my dad used to do photography. He had a film camera growing up. And um, my dad is also a creative person, so he always encourages me to, like, explore all aspects of myself, you know? And I tried it out, and I ended up liking it. And um, I did. I don't, I mean, there are some times when I struggle with picking the both, but I know, like, I don't really want to go to school to be a photographer. I feel like I need, there's so much more I need to learn from film, on the film side, which was my first passion, that I feel like in school they'll go more in depth in for me. But um, for photography, like I feel like photography, I'm, I'm better learning everything on my own than in school. Because I feel like in filmmaking there are way more aspects than just like directing, you know, and editing. There's, there's, I like, being in school and being surrounded by like like-minded people and professors who are actually like willing to dedicate their time to you is a uh, experience that I don't think YouTube can offer me. So that's why I chose to go to school for filmmaking than for photography. I agree. And so, what do you? What? How? Like, what kind of stories do you want to tell? When you're t- when you're when you're doing um filmmaking, like what stories do you look for, or what stories don't you see that you feel like you want to tell? So for me personally, this goes back to it relates to your purpose of the show, breaking the cycle. I want to change the narrative of black people in filmmaking and mm-hmm. films in general because I've noticed like as I got older, I'm reflecting on the films and becoming more aware of and conscious of the stuff that I'm watching and taking in, I started noticing that, like, most of the films that win Oscars and stuff and these high acclaimed, and that are high acclaimed, are usually films that are about black people and trauma. Yeah. It has to do with, like, slavery or the civil rights movement, stuff like that, or, like, a black man going through so much pain and stuff, or a black man getting redemption. I'm like, that's so cool and stuff, but, like, our stories are way more, well, we're feeling like, 
like I took uh, my minor my minor now is Africana studies, and I learned a lot about like um Mansa Musa, Mansa Musa and stuff like that, and like kings of of like the early kings of Mali, early kings in Africa. And I'm like, yo, this this could be this could be a drama series. I'm tired of watching British drama series. I haven't seen an African royalty drama series ever. Like. There's yep. so many things that we have to tell that I look at seen growing up. Like a couple of weeks ago, I realized I have never seen like one of those, you know, those chick flick dramas, like Mean Girls and stuff like that. That have like a black girl as the main person. Never, you know? never, unless it's like, like it's just white girls. I feel like that one random the black girl. I'm like, bruh. Mm-hmm. And they'll have an attitude like they they have to fulfill a certain stereotype in those movies. So like growing up seeing that, I'm like, you know what? My films are gonna be different. Like, it's going to be black people doing regular things. That's why my film was last year in 2019 for my directing final. It was about a couple who were writing their vows, and they kind of made a bet. Whoever finished writing their vow first gets to choose their first dance song. Something simple like that, you know? So I'm trying to create more stories like that to change the narrative and ultimately break the cycle. No, and I love to hear that because you're right. I think, one, you rarely, if ever, see white people or i mean sorry you rarely see black people especially black women play like the coley when it comes to like these like big big kick flicks and then even when you do i think there's a colorism aspect to it like obviously i think all black women are beautiful all black women are black women but at the same time it's like there there we have to talk about how like the disproportionate representation and even at a time like today where yeah blackness is more like not only accepted, it's it's seen as more beautiful, and there are things like people are um like embracing more the African culture and the African roots. But even I notice a lot how people do that. Like I notice how like in TV and in media, like it'll be a girl with her natural hair, but her natural hair is really curly. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like there's more to natural hair than just like the kind of curls you could just run your fingers through. Or I'll notice like it's like it's one or the other so it's like okay there'll there'll be like a, a black woman with an afro but like she's super light-skinned so it's like oh we can't have her be super you know what i mean it's it, yeah like we gotta make her she, she's gonna be black just so they don't talk but we're gonna make her light-skinned just to satisfy our needs exactly or like if we do make her like dark skin her hair she has to have a weave or like if she does take off her weave it has to be like at the end of the night where you know she's taking you know what i mean and it's it's messed up it's like like you said our narratives are more than that and there's not enough i think representation that i don't think there's enough representation like you said in t in like movies but especially when you were talking about like time period films you're right Mm -hmm. there's all these movies about like I don't even know their names. Like all these kings and queens of of England who lived very mediocre lives. Like it's like four hour mm-hmm. films about like them getting dressed by their maids and stuff like that. Um, versus like I love what you said about like um, I always forget. You literally just said his name, but he's like he was like literally the richest person in history. Yeah, Mansa Musa. Yeah, Mansa Musa. I was gonna say Mansa Masu. I don't know why, but yeah, like people like him, they don't their stories don't get told. It's always like black people came as soon as they came to the western hemisphere or they do show africa it's like in a very 
it, it feeds into that representation of a savage of like oh you know they it was like it was tribes and it was this and it was that but it, it they never show like the glory of it or the culture it just feels like as when you're watching the films it feels like you're an outsider looking in if that makes sense like you don't actually get to like understand the culture and understand the traditions and that's because there's nobody really trying to get to that now you yeah. see it a little bit but it's you still see it being limited mm-hmm. I agree. yeah so i really i i love what you said about that and i think you know speaking back on what you said about like i mean about what i was talking about earlier about color schemes like, in your photography, one thing I really like, it, like, when I say color schemes, I don't even only mean, like, their wardrobe. Like, I'm talking about, like, the color of their skin. Very few times do you see photographers that try to complement the color of their skin. And I think that, in photography, it's amazing. But in cinematography, like, it, it's, it gives you almost goosebumps when you see, like, I don't know if you saw um, Queen and Slim. Yes, I've watched that film. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I did I thought a lot about the film, but my thing about like my favorite thing about it was the cinematography, like the colors. Yeah, I think it looked really good. It did really, it did really well. Yeah, it was it was very well shot. And is that like are those the kind of stories you want to make? Like I know you talked about like you want to represent it as more than trauma, and that 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 movie was very traumatic. I didn't really enjoy it because it was, of that. Yeah, because I, I before I watched that film, I saw a lot of mixed reviews, like my other friend, who's a screenwriter major, so she's really focused on the screenwriting when she's watching films, she was like, like, it really wasn't that, um, that screenwriter, I can't remember her name right now, um, but it was Linda Wave, Linda Wave, yeah, she said that, like, after the first act, the film just got, it was just messed, it was just weird, in her opinion, and I understood what she was talking about, like, for example, the writing, like the way they were talking, at some points just seemed very unnatural, and it bothered me so much. Yes. And then the kid killing the police officer—that was so. Oh random. my god! Yes. I was like, I didn't expect this film to go down that way. Like, and yeah. then the fact that everybody kept protecting them from, the, like, the black people were protecting them from the police because of what he did in the past. I don't know. It sometimes felt a little corny. Oh yeah. Opinion, I was like, eh. And it felt insensitive. Like, I thought it was insensitive when they were... no. And, and spoiler alert if you still haven't seen it, but... Like, when they were protesting. And and then they were also having sex while... Pro- like, I felt like that, that literally... Yeah, threw- I understand what you mean. You know what like, I mean? away from the moment, yeah. It, it glamorizes it, and it kind of romanticizes something that's like... It's pain. It's not... It's not sexy. Like, it, there's nothing... Like, even the scene itself, it was very, very sexy. But, yeah. you know, like... And not in a weird way, but, like, you know, there's movies you watch and there's certain scenes that you're like, oh, okay, like, I see y'all. Like, y'all getting your groove on. But I wasn't thinking that when I was watching that because it's like you're, you're showing something that's really happening. It's not something that, oh, it used to happen. We're not talking about the 1800s. We're talking about something that, that happened last year or the year before and that can happen next year. God will, like, you know what I mean? Like, these protests are things that are really happening. And Queen and Slim, I feel like, and that's another thing that I wanted, like, to get to to my next point. Like, I feel like it's not enough to just have black screenwriters and black cinematographers. Like, that's the beginning. But it's like, what stories are they saying? Because it's it's just as problematic, you know? And it's even more problematic. Sorry? 
Yeah, that I do agree, specifically like with Tyler Perry. When I was younger, you know, when you're younger, you don't really understand how like traumatizing or the messages that his movies are putting out. I was like, oh, I want to see Medea, blah, 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 you know, that's funny. I want to laugh or I want a, a, a nice drama film to watch to keep me entertained. But as I got older and the more slow classes I started taking in school, like I took a black theater class, I learned about minstrelsy and different stuff like that, about how, like, what black people had to do to actually even get on TV and to stay on TV. Like, I'm, I'm realizing, like, a lot of his stuff was it's not messed up and it's not for the best interest or best representation of black people. It's totally not. And it's it's weird because it's like you don't want to take their credit and their success as, yeah. you know like what I mean? He is, he is basically, like, one of the best and most, well, I won't say best, one of the most acclaimed black directors. Like, he got a whole huge film studio in Atlanta, you know? So, like, I don't want to take away from his success, but I, it's still important to acknowledge the cost of that success. Like, who's paying for it at the end of the day? Like, you're getting your money, but, like, a lot of black women are getting paid in dirt for it because you're, you're feeding into the stereotypes. 100%. And it makes, and it also kind of justifies the behavior that white people sometimes have against black people because they feel like well if your own people can make a movie about that why can't i call you Medea? like why can't i make these mm-hmm. jokes why i why can't i laugh at these things but it's like what you said the things that they have to do to succeed and do you think that's the industry or do you think that's like do you think it's just these creators tend to assimilate because i do think that there are people that they don't realize that they assimilate to biases especially yeah. like when they're around so many people that have those biases I think in some shape or form, he's, he was assimilating because people are, this is what people like, you know, first, first, he, you know, he wanted, he wanted to get black people's love in the beginning when he was doing tours and stuff before he actually, like, before he actually, like, became big and stuff like that and was more nationally acclaimed, he was doing tours, comedy, like, plays and stuff like that, and then after that is when he started getting like these deals with like these big like production companies it was like all right now i got the white people laughing so i got i finally got my foot in the door but the thing is with him he never changed after the white people accepted him and accepted like i guess his form of comedy and his work you know and saw him as a esteemed film director you would think that he would like change afterwards but he didn't but i feel like not every film director but well black film director follows that path like um Barry Jenkins he didn't his film was not really about his film doesn't really depict black women or black people in a different way or in a degrading way at all everyone in Oscar so I feel like we're moving in the right direction away from those like traumatic representations of us yeah I think it's I think it's gonna take some time and I think it's going to take, like, a new generation of filmmakers. Like, I think, you know, I, I everybody I talk to, whether it's on this podcast or just in general, like, when I see people have passion and I see them invest in it, I automatically, like, not to jinx it, but I automatically, like, I'm like, all right, this is going to be you. Because if I see that you're already on a trajectory to something, you know, I like to give people credit before they even get to where I know that they have the potential to get. So I feel like that new generation of filmmakers, like, you can be a part of that class. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could be one of those people that kind of is, like, transitions the way that stories are told in a way where it's, like, 
I, I feel like we, we need to get to a point where the fact that the, the main character is black shouldn't be a big deal. We need to get to a point where the first black di- director winning an Oscar or, or, like, the third black director, like, it needs to get to a point where it's just this person won Best Director. Yeah, and not just, yeah, attaching it to their race, understanding. Yeah, because it's, like, I mean, it, it's contradicting because sometimes I'm, like, okay, but it's good that, you know, like, I think it, it inspires kids and stuff like that. But it's, like, it's if I see you and I know that you look like me and you come from where I come from, I don't need people to say it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I'm already inspired by you. Yeah. And I like, completely understand what you're talking about. And we never do it to... We never do it to white people. Like, even if it's like, oh, this is the first Polish. This is the first Irish director ever. It's like, nobody does it. It's just, oh, this is just the best director. He's just a visionary. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think that, you know, black cinematography is definitely evolving. And I'd love to see how it would evolve on a global scale. Like, outside of the United States, you know? Because racial narratives all over the world are so different. I think one of the powers of cinematography and just movies overall is like it communicates what nothing else can what politics can what people can't like it's it's like you're learning it's like somebody's telling you something without having to say anything to you mm-hmm. yeah so another question i have for you is how does your culture influence your art all right so um i started um, doing shoots rec- more recently about like based off of like little things that I grew up seeing like my last photo shoot I did with one of my friends who's also a photographer we collaborate on most of my shoots that I've done recently was based off of like our um, like washcloth what we call it sapo and it's basically like a exfoliating washcloth I guess best way to describe it <laughs> you know in like American terms mm-hmm, yeah like, that's what every most African children grew up like taking a shower with, or, or still take a shower with, you know. Um, I I was in the shower one day and I just saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have an idea for a shoot. And I got the idea in the shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend was like, oh shoot, me too. What is it? And then we both said at the same time, and it was the sample. He's like, you know, we can make this art. Like, there's so many little things I grew up seeing that can be art, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think another another thing that I did recently, I did um issue with these bags that you have seen, um, called the Ghana Muscle bags. That we like it's like those bags in your house you just put a lot of junk in. Yeah. But I saw it, I was like, you know, these bags like I did a I read a book about those bags and how those bags have historical significance in West Africa. And um I was like, you know what, let me use this bag as an outlet to promote West African um, millennials slash Generation Z and their talent, and that was like my first my first foot in the door into like using my culture to influence my art. I love that. Um, speaking of you know West Africa, like, do you would you ever want to film something over there? And if so, it's kind of like the first question I asked you, but a little di- like different. Like, what kind of stories would you want to capture, or what kind of stereotypes would you want your stories to kind of like dismantle? I would want to show the wealth, the way Africa is, because I noticed recently, like for example in December, a lot of um, well, this is in general, but in December it like really stuck in my head and 
and like made some made me like focus in on it was that a lot of like what's Africans now like around my age group when they go back they want to like they have this mentality now to like stunt stunt and like show social media like you know Africa is not how they show it on TV like yeah I understand that that's true but we're not gonna sit here and act like there isn't poverty there and stuff, you know? Not everybody lives in these big houses and stuff there, so I feel like I would like to, like, if I were to make a film in, for example, where I'm at Liberia, it would be to show, like, the true beauty, the true love beyond, beyond what social media is showing and beyond what the media is showing and just, like, the way it is. Don't try to, like, make it more than what it is or any less than what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I so totally the, agree. Like, authenticity of it. Yeah, and it would be interesting, too, to see, like, how generationally it got there, because I can kind of relate to that, like, in terms of, like, in Dominican Republic, you know, now, like you said, this whole new generation, it's like, oh, I got five houses in, in DR, I don't need this, and it's like, I got all this money, when I go there, I'm rich, and this, and whatever, but it's like, that that took generations, like, the truth is, the life I can live today in DR, and the life my mother had to live, or the life my grandmother had to live, are so different and a lot of it has to do with you know progress and hard work that we've inherited through our dna but we really didn't contribute to mm-hmm. yeah so i really i really like you know what you're saying about that um what have been your obstacles like in terms of your art like whether it's yourself or just obstacles you've encountered in life so for me with my art i would say one of my biggest obstacles is like promoting myself promoting myself because i always like when i'm like in a like environment full of other artists and stuff it's really hard for me to like network and and gas myself up another thing that is challenging for me is i tend to say i'm i tend to like little again connecting to what i just said belittle my experience like whenever i meet other people and i notice that their work is like way more advanced than mine, mine maybe, and maybe they've probably been doing it for, like, a longer time. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm a freelance. I'm a freelancer. And well, I am a freelancer, but I'll say, like, you know, I'm still in a novice level. Meanwhile, I've been doing this since 2017, you know? Yeah. 2017 with my camera and 2013, like, with, like, my phone and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like, I tend to, like, be that. So that's something I'm, like, working on because... If I look at my, after looking at my resume and speaking, like, with a career counselor at my school and I was applying for internship, like, I've worked on a lot of projects and have a lot of experience, but it's just, my challenge is really reminding myself, like, you know, you have more room for growth, but you've done a lot. You've done a lot in the short period. Yeah, you got to give yourself credit. And, but I think it's harder for for us to do so because we don't live in a world or in a society where black women are allowed to really like praise themselves you know even if you know and it's not that you don't know your work it's like it's more of a like oh you know like i don't know like you don't want to overestimate your value even if it's like even if it's already a big you know what i mean like even if you already are worth so much you're like oh you know i'm, I'm still learning i'm still this i'm still that why do you think why do you think you do it like subconsciously and what are some things that you've thought about? Like, okay, this is how I'm going to work on, on bettering that. So I think the reason why I do that is because 
like I, in general with everything I feel like it's natural to compare yourself so it's me like comparing myself and seeing somebody doing something that I've been doing for longer moving at a faster speed but and and being more advanced than I am you know but I'm trying to constantly remind myself that you know everybody's like everybody's moving at a different time like there's this quote I, I don't have it right now in my head like, I can't remember the words but like you don't know what that person had to do or had to experience to get to where they are it may seem like it was a faster a faster period for them to get to where they are than I than it was for me but it may have been a more rocky road at the end of the day yeah and also on a flip side like that person can't tell the story the same way you can. Like, you can yeah. give somebody the same subject and they're not going to tell it the same way. And you don't know how your work can touch other people's work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there are movies today that, in terms of quality, back when they came out, were considered, like, C-minus D quality. Like, like it wasn't considered Oscar-worthy or whatever. Um, but to the day of time, I mean, to, to this day, they're considered timeless. They're considered, like, cult classics. They're considered, like... And then there are movies that won the Oscars that you would never know. Like, you would be like, this this won the Oscar, and you would never, ever, ever hear their name. Or, like, you wouldn't recognize them. Yeah. But, yeah. um, I do, like... I think it's not always about, you know, how good somebody is in capturing film or, like, how good they are with a camera. I think it's... It really is your story and how it could touch people. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, goals for yourself in terms of, like, where you want to be in five to ten years in terms of um, filmmaking? Like, what Like what kind of, like, what, where would you like to see yourself? In five to ten years, I would have want to have my um, production company started. Um, I would have wanted to direct and have out at least two films in about five years, like two films. I would have wanted my films to be in um, major film festivals. Um, I also plan within five to ten years to have traveled and make international films or like film film internationally, like shoot my films internationally. And overall have like great partnerships and stuff with different people and different companies to further promote my brand. I love it. I love it. I can definitely see that happening for you. Um, What's your goal in terms of just your career, like your filmmaking career? Like, it doesn't have to be specifically like an award, but just in general. I would like my work and me me as a director to be known for changing that narrative. Like, I want people to... Not, I don't want to tell specific stories, but I want my stories to be different. You know, like, when people hear my name, they're like, okay, she's breaking the cycle mm-hmm. of those stories. Like, she's, like, a pioneer for that. Like, I'm going to be a pioneer for maybe of that type of movement. Because in my black theater class, um, there were many, like, different movements. Like, called the, there was one called the Black Arts Movement that was led by, I think his name is... Um, Baraka, Mary Baraka. Um, yeah, so like, I would like to be that person for this new generation of filmmaking. If I'm not that person, 
directly, like the main person I would like to be known for help leading that movement with my work, really, or being a contributor generally. I love it. Do you feel like you found your purpose, or do you feel like it's something that's still evolving, even with, even within filmmaking? I feel like it's still evolving. So I feel like when I'm when I release more of my films or more of my stories and receive more feedback, and obviously all of this is through experience, I'll come closer to my purpose. But right now, I feel like I'm on my way to that coming toward. I'm on my way to understanding it more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you always grow into it, but I think finding it is is still something because it's crazy to me but yeah it, it all feels like like the universe is working that the fact that we both went to a performing arts high school I don't know about you but when I came in I thought I was gonna be like like an actress on Broadway or something and then mm-hmm. you know and then now it's like oh I, I found that my purpose is more policy and more like on the side I do like to create like things in this podcast but it's mm-hmm. not more about like, oh, I want to be on Broadway. It's more like the kind of effect I want to have on people. Like when you were talking about yeah. how you want to affect that generation, it's like, I want people to know my name, but not because of fame. Like I want people to know my name as a pioneer, as a pioneer that I wish I saw or I had growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely can relate to everything you said. Um, So... Two last questions before we end um, our interview. So my first one would be, what's what's an advice that you would give, let's say, 15-year-old Tenor? Hmm. So I was 15 when I started filmmaking. Um, I would advise her to make the most out of what you have. Continue making the most out of what you have, because I did start just from my iPad and editing on my iPad for years for almost four years. So I would just tell her, like, all of this work, all of this is going to be worth it in a day because you're going to become more marketable and this is ultimately going to make you more adaptable to different situations because you know how to make a movie, uh, you know how to make something like super cinematic and a whole movie on your iPad and edit it with 16 gigabytes of space. You're talented and it's going to take you really, really far. Yes, yes, Tenna, yes, yes. <laughs> love it love it okay last question what do you what advice would you give people that are currently trying to break cycles in their life whether the cycles are similar to yours or just in general hmm what advice would i give them i would tell them i guess corny as it sounds but Honestly, positivity is the, is what keeps me going. Like, honestly, there's always going to be the light at the end of the tunnel. You have to keep moving. Somebody else's, like, somebody else's championship is not, and if, even if it happens faster than yours, you should never compare. Like, that's one thing. Try not to. I know it's a natural thing, but try not to compare. And just be patient. Like, patience helps a lot. Reacting to situations, whether it's big or, or small, with patience over emotion helps it helps a lot and it it has been something I've been practicing a lot and you learn not to take things personally whether that is stuff that you can't control or things that you can control because at the end of the day everything is going to happen in your favor if you work towards it so another thing I would say is don't be lazy you have to actually work towards what you want and don't wait for it to come to you and work consistently 
I love it. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this interview. I really, no really appreciate it. I feel like I have so many other questions in my head that like I either forgot to ask you or I want to ask you, but um, I also don't want to take too much of your time. And I feel like we could be here for two hours if I ask you like every question from like the technicalities of your work to just um your vibe and your aesthetic and just you know like. I know, you know, um, in high school, because we were in different grades, we didn't, like, know each other like that, and we weren't that close, but um, from afar and from social media, like, I've definitely seen you grow up to, like, a role model in such a, like, really strong, beautiful, creative um, black woman, you know what I mean? I really appreciate it, and I can say the same for you, like, I feel like from your through seeing you through social media and stuff, like it's clear that you're really, really passionate about changing things within your community. Thank you. And thank I really you. admire that. Like you are you are a true leader. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You too. I feel like, you know, I feel so grateful and so blessed that I get to live at the same time and have interactions with you know, people our age that are, are all, we're all trying to basically change our community any way we can from what kind yeah. of media we consume to the kind of leadership that's empowered to the music that we have. You know what I mean? So, like, people like you, like, innovators and visionaries like you, I know, like, I know it sounds premature. Um, And, you know, people listening to the podcast might be like, oh, my God, like, you're gassing it. But the thing is, like, I don't think you should gas people when they reach those levels like I think you gotta gas people when you see that potential when you see that talent and when you see them already putting in that work you know because you know because the rest are just it's just titles it's just accolades it really doesn't it's already it's confirming what you already know Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's such a pleasure to talk to you and like for a minute I've had like in my mind I'm like oh my god I'm gonna ask her like I was a little scared because I didn't know if you'd be like willing but it like yeah thank of you so course. much i'm so sorry i'm honored that you even asked me in the first place i'm really really honored no yeah i mean girl like i'm telling you like your work is like if this is if this is you considering yourself a novice like if this is you like still evolving like i'm telling you bro like <laughs> i need i need that movie premiere tickets like i'm reserving them now Honestly, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm reserving them now, like, you know, feel me? So, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so, so beyond proud of you. I send nothing but blessings and so much love and light and prosperity. Like, you are going to be so fucking dope. Like, I'm never going to tell you you're going to be rich. You're just going to be, like, a fucking... There's no word. Like, I'm not even going to be like, you're going to be the next Tyler Perry, the next whatever. Like, no. Like, you're going to be the next you. The only you. Thank you. And you're about to kill shit. And I love it. I love to see it. Thank you you so much. I'm so... I'm gassed right now. I love this. I love this. Thank you so much. It's a fact. And it's something that I always think, but, like, you know, maybe I've told you, like, in terms of, like, complimenting your work, but it's something that I, you know, I want to tell you now, 100%, that I have the chance. And please let the people know your Instagram so they can know why I'm gassing you so much, so they can see your work. And let them know also where else they can see their work, like, whether it's on YouTube or any website. All right. So my photography and film um, Instagram is at B-Y-T-E-N-N-E-H at by Tenor. Um, my website, is the link is also in the bio for that. Um, you can also see my 
films on YouTube. Um, my YouTube username is by Tenet, so everything is B-Y-T-E-N-N-E-H. Yeah. Perfect. So go follow Tenet. Go like, subscribe, all her shit, all of it, all of it. Even the shit from like 2011. I don't know how deep your Instagram goes, <laughs> but I need you to like all of it. Um, yeah, and again, thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Break the Cycle, and please continue to break all the fucking cycles. Not only yours, just all the cycles you can yeah, in terms of the media world. Break them cycles. Facts. Step on it. Facts. So thank you again. <laughs>